Welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eschen. Today we're going to talk about ideas that will move mealtimes from battles to enjoyable dining. First, I'm going to talk about how to get kids to sit and eat, a huge problem for many families. Then we'll talk about getting your kids to eat different types of food, the next most challenging food topic for parents of little ones. This podcast will concentrate on parents with kids from toddler to elementary school age. I have a special edition, teen edition, of food issues that I'm putting up as my next podcast, so stay tuned for that if you've got older kids. With that said, let's dive in and learn some more practical parenting wisdom related to food. First, how to get kids to sit and eat. For some of you, the dinner table is like a jumping box. Kids getting up and down at will, having no particular interest in eating. They'd rather be playing. You might start your meal off together, but within minutes, your kids are out of their seats. You're either yelling at them to get to come back to the table or running after them with food. For others of you, to get peace at your dinner table, you set your kids up on some sort of electronic device. Your table is quiet and kids stay seated, but your kids eat so slowly, you wind up feeding them by hand. If you try to remove the electronics, your kids have meltdowns. Oh my, no fun at all. I love to pose the question as to why we parents do this to ourselves. Is it nutrition? Are we worried about weight issues? Or is it a balanced diet? You know your kids like carbs, but they just aren't interested in those vegetables, right? Or maybe it's different. Maybe they love vegetables, but not protein. We want them to be healthy, and we feel food is so important. We will put up with just about any behavior for them to be fed nutritious meals, right? It's exhausting. So we need to make a plan. To change this dynamic, we have to set what I call family mealtime rules. We need to put boundaries and expectations in place so that our whole family knows what to expect. Here's the list that I put together of four essential rules to get your family mealtimes into line. Number one, we eat at the table. Number two, we don't have electronics, toys, or books while we eat. Three, if a kid can lift a fork on their own, they need to feed themselves. Four, when somebody gets up from the table, they are done eating. Pretty ambitious, right? Putting loving boundaries and around acceptable behaviors at the table is essential. You might have heard that kids need limits, and when they don't have them, they think the sky is the limit. If your mealtimes are out of control, it might be because the limits haven't been set by you and possibly they've been set by your kids instead, which is a recipe for disaster. How long should dinner time or breakfast time take in your home? 20 minutes? 30? 10? I want you to pick a time and shoot for it. In our example here, I'm going to say about 20 minutes since I think it's pretty normal. Now, let's go through each one of these four rules and see how you can implement them in a loving and consisting manner. Number one, eat at the table. Pretty simple, just like it says, not on the couch or in front of a TV. Number two, no electronics or books or private toys. You need to realize that this is just for 20 minutes and that you and your kids can make it together for that time without private distractions. Yes, that means no electronics for mom or dad either. Some parents have kids who want to bring cars or trucks or dolls to the table. 
no thank you for those either. If you'd like a distraction, then offer a family game to play like Yahtzee, Candyland, any group game that you can all play together. Together is the operative word here. In my family, I had set something up called a conversation jar. It was a bin that had slips of paper in that I wrote that um, the kids could draw from with questions on them. Things like, what was one thing you learned today? Or what's your favorite movie? Or tell us a joke. There are even decks of cards that you can buy with conversation type questions on them if you don't want to make up your own. The main point here is that personal distractions aren't allowed, but group distractions are. My goal for you would actually be not to need group distractions for a 20-minute meal, but if you need them, use them. Rule number three, kids feeding themselves. This is a hard one for lots of parents, especially of small kids, since we worry they aren't getting enough of nutrition or we see them struggle to eat with a fork or spoon, which can even be messy and slow. Once your child hits about two, there shouldn't be anyone approaching them with a fork full of food except themselves. If you're that parent who's running after a kid with a fork, you have to stop. Number four, getting up from the table means they're done. This is the most important rule. Here's what you need to do. First, make sure your kids know this new rule in a loving manner. No lectures, just a simple statement. We serve dinner to children who stay at the table. That's it. Then wait. As soon as your child gets up, you lovingly take away their plate, saying something like, Oh, I guess you're all done. No problem. Have fun playing. Keep in mind that they might actually be done eating. They might have had enough and won't be back. However, if they do run back to the table and want their food back, you say, Oh, this is so sad. You know our new rule is that if you get up, it means you're done. So sorry. I know you'll have a really nice breakfast to look forward to in the morning. If there's begging and crying, you just have to put up with it. Don't give in. This is part of the lesson that they're learning. It's a natural consequence, and it will be very effective. You just have to trust me. Now, for some other of you who have kids, that will be just fine running off playing. There's no need to remind, lecture, or yell at them. Hey, I'm taking away your dinner. You're going to be hungry. You need to let them decide what and how much to eat not keep them at the dinner table, forcing them to eat everything on their plate. If your pediatrician isn't worried about their weight, you shouldn't be either. I'd like you to consider that as your kids get older, they actually put the food on their plates that they want to eat. You need to let them own their own food intake. Many kids will come back to you in an hour saying that they're hungry, and I'd encourage you to be calm and empathetic and say something like, this is so sad. I get hungry when I don't eat enough dinner, too. Breakfast sure will be yummy. Notice my voice is loving and kind, not lecturing. But I know that this statement would be really hard for some parents of young ones, so I'd offer a compromise to you. Have something in your house that your kids kind of like, is really healthy, and they can get for themselves. I love to use carrots as an example. When they say they're hungry, you can say, Oh, this is so sad. Dinner's all done. You're welcome to have carrots. Whatever you choose, your family, sorry, whatever you choose for your family, don't make it very attractive, just tolerable. One final complication to a 20-minute mealtime is that you might be offering too many snacks 
to your kids too close to mealtimes. Try to set snack times that end at least 90 minutes ahead of a meal so that your kids are hungry when mealtime comes. Once you start this and you're consistent with all these new boundaries, your children will know what is expected and that there is love involved around food, not yelling, telling, and chasing. The first few days might be rough for one or more of your kids, but you have to keep it up. If you cave, they'll know that you don't have a plan. Your child won't starve. They really won't. If they miss a meal, their little bodies will make up for it over the days ahead. One pediatrician I was reviewing comments from says that you really have to look at a child's nutritional intake over a week span, not a day. Their bodies have a way of knowing what they need. All these new rules will allow you to have a completely different food experience in your house. It should not only be healthier, but also happier. Okay, now that we're done setting up rules at our mealtimes, we're going to move on to topic number two, food choices. The classic, my child is so picky, or my child won't eat vegetables is such a challenge. What I, what do I have for you in dealing with these? I have four ideas. Number one, food is a source of power for kids. You need to take away their power over you. The more we push certain foods on them, the more they rebel, which causes us to compromise and run after them with a fork or let them use electronics at dinner. You need to let them know you trust them to take care of their food needs. Second, don't be anxious about food. This one's highly related to the number one that I just gave you. Kids will settle down and grow over time. Your children need to know you love them and they are secure. Let their bodies drive what they eat, and your job is to keep healthy food in their lives as much as possible. If your pediatrician thinks they are doing okay, then don't worry. Number three, offer at least something on your kid's plate that you know they'll eat. In my house, one son liked broccoli and the other green beans, so we ate a lot of those. I would have liked more variety, but at least they were vegetables. My sons eventually moved on to Caesar salad, so we ate a lot of that. Today, as adults, they eat lots of things. I just had to wait and know that their palates would most likely grow. That said, we all know adults who are still picky eaters, and hey, they're living and breathing, and it's all just fine. Number four, lastly, I think it's super fun to take kids to the grocery store and go shopping with the intention of going on a food treasure hunt. Have them pick out a few things that look interesting to them and incorporate them into your meals. The deal will be that each person needs to take at least one bite of the new foods, and they're even welcome to spit it out if they don't like it. The idea is to try to have fun and not to force them, to get them to eat new things, and so please make it a fun experience and not a torturous one. Now that you have some of my ideas about how to expand food choices, I want to talk about a couple of special situations I've had with some families coming to me with situations around food. One involved a girl in around fourth grade who was just always eating. She was eating good foods, but her mom was concerned about her weight and whether or not she was eating out of boredom. After brainstorming a bit, we decided that in her house, she needed to set up a more appropriate guideline for when the family eats. Kids are welcome to have a snack after school, but then the next time to eat was dinner. If her daughter said she was hungry, <clears throat> mom used love and empathy to set a new limit. Oh, that's too bad. I'm so glad that dinner will be in a half an hour. This worked. Yep, that's simple. 
Mom just hadn't set any boundaries around food, so the pantry being open 24-7 was the default policy. It was hurting her daughter, and now her daughter adjusted her behavior, and things are working really well. If you have a similar problem, you can always add, there's carrots in the fridge. Another issue a family had with all these suggestions required a bit more brainstorming. They lived in a small house and had a four-year-old who wouldn't eat his dinner, but would wake up in the middle of the night hungry, not at a convenient time like before bedtime. That was a major drag, especially since they had a new baby and a six-year-old. If there was a middle-of-the-night problem where the four-year-old was hungry, they couldn't let him have a tantrum and wake everyone up. In this case, we decided that feeding the child in the middle of the night was fine. However, the next day when things were calm, the parents needed to make sure there was a loving consequence for waking up a parent due to them due to the child not finishing their dinner the night before and being hungry in the middle of the night. The consequence might be something like cleaning up toys or vacuuming the living room. The point being that the parent lost sleep and didn't have the extra energy to do those jobs, so the child needs to do it for the parent. In the Parenting the Love and Logic Way class that I teach, this is called an energy drain. I'll put a link to more info about energy drains in the podcast notes. Well, that's all for now. I hope you've got some good new ideas to help get mealtimes under control in your house. You have the four family mealtime rules to implement in addition to the ideas about how to give good food choices. I want you to try and not to give up. Setting reasonable boundaries around food is super, super important. In my next podcast, I'll be talking about nighttime issues and how to set up loving boundaries and routines to make nighttime go well. Lastly, I want to try a new podcast idea on you all. I'd love to do a section called, Hey Mary! The idea is that you just email me a parenting issue that you're struggling with, and I answer it in a podcast. It's sort of like Letters to Mary. Just email me, mary at parentingwithlogic.com, and put Hey Mary in the subject line. It'll be fun to work with some of you in a more personal way on issues that are driving you crazy that you might help other families at the same time. That's all for now. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and I look forward to continuing to decode the world of practical parenting with you in the future.